I love that Buck Swope. Buck Swope's an interesting cat. This is as creepy a guy as you'll ever encounter. That's right, Buck Swope. Buck Swope, who Doug really is not comfortable yeah. with Buck Swope. Kind of a shutter spook. Swope's one of the best in the business, for my money. Buck Swope? Buck Swope asked Doug his preference on shrubs. Ah! <laughs> I may sue Buck Swope. Buck Swope is struck. I'm pretty high on Swope. If we need an old audio clip, Swope's gonna have it. Why? I don't know, I just know he does. The wonderful Buck Swope. You know Buck Swope? Well, yeah. Seem to have kind of an issue with Buck Swope. Right, it always goes back to Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Mr. Buck T. Swope. What's up, kids? You're listening to Swope's Picks, episode 18. Plops here, volume 2. A little later, we'll be joined again by Misty Plops. But right now, let's flash back to June 2015. Oh, get on with it, muff. Get on with it, mother. Oh, get on with it, muff. Guys, Plops here. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I'm getting my haircut at Great Clips, what I do under that cape is my own business. <laughs> it isn't, really. You're in public. See, here's the thing. I was getting my snip snip on the other day when that Madonna song, This Used to Be My Playground, from the acclaimed soundtrack to the motion picture League of Their Own, came on the radio. So I flat out start getting after it. Next thing you know, the stylist is screaming at me. The cape is torn off me as I'm being dumped out of the chair and my pants are around me ankles. Big whoop. Stranger things have happened. Am I right? Doug, I know you are in year six of a ten-year ban from Fantastic Sam's. So I hoped you might be able to get me through this troubling experience. My question is, how do we combat this uber-sensitive behavior amongst hairstylists in the greater St. Louis area? Please advise, Misty Plops. Misty Plops. Do you have any advice? I don't have any advice. Give him you. some advice. I thought Plops was good, but a little too vile, so I'm going stubby applause. I kind of like Plops. He was a little vile, but uh, within reason. I'll have. I'll say Misty Plops. Misty Plops is shipped. The Jack in the Box email of the day. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here. Got a little fun little update on what it means to be email of the month winner. I log into my email this morning to find an email from your offices that was sent to me yesterday saying, congrats on your win last month. The Cardinal tickets you order for tonight's game, you can pick them up here. <laughs> I just saw this and it honestly pissed me off. Uh, absolutely wonderful, guys. Thanks for the notice. I'll put these in the pile with the two separate pairs of Mizzou tickets you guys mailed me the day after the games <laughs> took place and the Mardi Gras tent passes that still haven't arrived. At least the $5 coupon for a hot dog showed up intact. I'm hopping mad. Hey, Tim, I got you tickets three rows off the ice for the Blues game. Come pick them up at my house there for the 2015 season home opener. Or how about these tickets to last night's Monday Night Raw? Come on out to Alton. I'll have Larry waiting out in the curb with the tickets sticking out of his butt cheeks for you to grab. No. F my life, Misty Plops. I already had emailed Misty Plops to say, Misty, it's my fault, and we will get you tickets to another game. I apologize. That, good is, email, that is unacceptable, however, your email is choice. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here. I came down to the station yesterday to pick up some tickets I'd won. I was told to park on the Taco Bell parking lot and come to the door at the back of the building. My first thought upon reading this was, oh, great, they're obviously planning to jump me. I wonder if those damn seminary students got to them. I'm not sure what's more professional, those instructions when visiting your business or Tim's hotmail address. All of the great business leaders have hotmail addresses. Seems like it. Warren Buffett at Hotmail.com. I think so. Bill Gates, where? Hotmail.com. Yeah. See? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I park, walk through the Taco Bell drive through like a horse's ass, and proceed into the building. I peer through the glass door and see a free dotem sticker at the desk, so I assume I'm in the right place, but nobody's around. 
So naturally, I see myself in. I'm casually looking around and see nobody at all. So here we are, 12.30 p.m., and Misty Plops is literally just wandering through the new Inside STL headquarters alone. Yada, 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 I pleasure myself in some dude's office, then made off with two fax machines and a desk chair before Anna Marie found me standing in a hallway. We exchanged pleasantries, which was awkward for me because I didn't bring her flowers, and apparently that's what us our listeners are supposed to do. That's right. She said, nice to finally meet you, Plops, to which I said, oh, we met a few months ago at the old offices when I came down to pick up a different prize. She just kind of looked at me and said, oh. Embarrassed, I tucked my hang slow between my legs and went back to my car, sitting on a Taco Bell parking lot now filled with stolen office supplies and furniture. Overall, decent little Tuesday. Thanks, Misty Plops. Like it's just a summary... Misty, Plops. Plops. I have three, Dan. I have Misty, Dr. Woody Bender, and Cucky. They were all good. But I like a story about family. This is a family-oriented show, so I'm going Cucky. I'm not going to go Cucky. I'm going to go for a fellow by the name of Dan Beal. Wow. I have three in my hand, and I have Tony X, Stephen Wildwood, and Misty Plops. God. The whole process. I'm going to go Misty Plops. I'm going to go Misty Plops, and I feel like all are worthy. So we got uh, Dan Beal, Cucky, and Misty. Yep. Uh, so we go to uh, the Speaker of the House, the Plow Shark. Man, Tim, they were all good ones, and uh, I gave credit for Cat and the Doug for voting for Cat others, but it was Misty Plops. Jag, never Lucas. Cat and the Doug. Jimmy <laughs> Kernan, Jimmy Cat. And the Doug. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here. I took the day off work in honor of Doug's birthday. Are people doing that? No. <laughs> I'm in the process of compiling a special birthday playlist for Doug that I will perform tonight at the Blue Owl and Imperial. <laughs> Kicking off the set list is joy and pain. It doesn't completely relate to Doug's birthday, but I picked it up because it perfectly sums up my experience of making love to a gentleman for the first time, plus it plays well in the Imperial area. Second on the list is End of the Road, another song... Not really related to Doug, but I wanted to have a special moment in honor of 590, The Man, and this seemed appropriate. In fact, as I look over the playlist, the first song really about Doug doesn't play until we're about two hours in. That song, of course, is You're the Best Around from the Karate Kid soundtrack. When the song plays, I will have two middle-aged men in karate uniforms making out under a disco ball to set the mood and encourage others to join in. On top of that, I tracked down the actor who played Uncle Sato, and he will be jumping out of a cake and handing out spankings until 10 p.m. It's $5 cover. Doors open at 11 a.m. And the first 100 in the door get a replica boy prize temporary tattoo to put on their lower backs in honor of Doug. See you in a little bit. Misty Plops. So the doors open at 11 this morning. Misty Plops. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here. Getting everything ready for the golf tournament. I figured since I'll be out there anyway, I might as well show myself off a bit. As you may or may not know, I've been living in that patch of woods alongside the fairway on the 14th since Glenn found out I had an active profile on foreskinfastlane.com. Anyway, I'm all packed up. Coolers filled with juice boxes and them orange peanut butter crackies. I got two cold wet wash cloths in case it's steamy out there. One for my drainer and one for my stainer. (laughs) (laughs) I did not need to hear that. I cannot unhear that. And, of course, I've got my brass knuckles. I wasn't going to bring them, but since I heard you will have guys from Bertarelli out there selling knives on the spot, I thought I'd best be prepared to mix it up if I have to. Whose brilliant idea was this? you got a gathering of people from a basically anonymous Internet fan page who want to kill one another on a daily basis. Let's get them together out in the real world, offer up some booze, and oh, what the hell not? Why not? Knives for sale on the spot. Can't see. wait to see who gets stabbed first. 
for Misty Plops. Plops. Misty Plops. I did not like the phrase drainer and stainer. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here. Had a neat idea pop into my head in the 7 o'clock hour. You guys were testing out the cough buttons in the studio. It was great. Guys, if any of you would like to meet me in the Lee May Ferry Starbucks bathroom around 11, I can test out your cough buttons absolutely free of charge. It's where I treat your whispering brown eye like it has thumbprint entry technology, and then you cough on me. Afterwards, skinny lattes are on me. We can sip and talk about our findings. Second, I really wish Doug would write a book about his career. Chapters 1 through 15 would be boring old journalism stuff with the exception of his evening of freak dancing with Walter Payton. Then business picks up with Chapter 16, which is titled, Then all these Catholic school grads in their 20s and 30s started pretending to be overly aggressive homosexuals, and they somehow selected me as their leader, and my career took off like the Dickens. Hope I see that day come to pass. Thanks, Misty Plops. Misty Plops. Plops. Plops here. Plops here. Uh, Guys, Plops, you're always a treat to hear the sweet Prince of Brentwood, the white rascal, first thing in the morning. His stories help loosen my stool like a gallon of hot, frothy prune juice. What was even more of a treat was to learn that Bruce and Shoes is back in the fold. <laughs> I've said this for years. You show me a gentleman chasing his event planning dreams. <laughs> and I'll show you a mentally unstable power bottom who knows a thing or two about table runners. <laughs> for reals, though, it's great to bring new characters into this big, demented family. We'll need some guys to replenish the stable because, let's face it, Timberfake's going to disappear again soon. And Larry's roughly 146 years old in human years. Thanks. Let's go blues. Misty Plops. Plops. Yep. I put a few check marks on it like Jenny Toe. I'm going to go Misty Plops. I'm going Misty Plops. I wrote down three. Jenny Toll was one of them. I really appreciated the menopausal old B word mm, because mm. it was devoted to me. Mm. But at the end, I didn't like the way it turned. Mm. Uh, by far, the one I laughed at the most is uh, Plops here. I had Misty Plops as well. It's unanimous. Misty Plops gets another win. And now Stephen Wildwood can probably feel Misty Plops to come. And this is really exciting. Uh, as we head down the final stretch in the month of May, Misty Plops, Stephen Wildwood, Matt who bowls at Hanks, and then you never count out Cucky. Plops here. Plops here. Uh, guys, Plops here. Pretty excited about yesterday's email win. You know, I've got a handful of prizes in my drawer over here uh, at the Plops Palace that I'll probably never get around to using. For example, I'm simply not into golf, so the only reason I'd go get fitted for clubs is in hopes that the golf man would fill me up a bit. Others I simply can't use because of physics, as they were expired six weeks before they were mailed to me, and others I won't get around to using simply because it wouldn't be logical for me to drive 45 miles from my house to cash in a $5 coupon to the purchase of a hot dog in the lobby of a hardware store. (laughs) Well said. Sometimes I'll see what our prize is, and I don't even want to announce it. Yeah. I just feel like doing what Jay used to do, which was give away $5.90 of his own money. Uh, My question is this. Can I trade some of these boy treasures in for other things? Like... Maybe I get to be a groomsman in Charlie's wedding. Or maybe I get a credential that lets me crap at Tim's parents' house during the wiffle ball tournament. Or maybe you just give me the home addresses of certain past fan page moderators and a sack full of nickels and pretend we never spoke. Please advise these passes to the pumpkin farm that's been underwater since November are steadily dropping from their original $6 value. And my finance guy says it's time to unload. But keep that on the low low. That's from Misty Plops. Plops here. We're running out of time. This is what we got. We're running out of time. I got to say, I thought Matt Who Bowls at Hanks was great. Misty Plops was great. But uh, the one that made me laugh, short and sweet, Corey G. 
See, I wrote down two, uh, Frankie T and Corey G, but I think Plops was better. I go with Plops as well, Charlie. Congratulations, Misty Plops. You have won the email of the day. You're closing in on Stephen Wildwood now as we're coming down the stretch here in the month of May. Do you have the standings over there, Plow Shark? I do not. Okay. Uh, the problem is Stephen Wildwood did not submit an email. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, you know what? you gotta, you got to fire a, a shot on goal, hey, boys. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here. So Plowsy is currently courting a new mate, and this mystery person has the initials LC. Well, I'm not an idiot, and this was pretty easy to figure out. Plowsy is either knocking boots with Lon Chaney or Larry Connor. <laughs> Lon Chaney passed away in 1973, so bingo! Darren and Larry Connor. Their new power couple name is Donners. Looks like somebody's trying to sleep his way into a brand new John Beale roof. Bravo, Plowsy, bravo. I've taught you well, my young twink. I once dated uh, Troy LeBaron for nine months, simply to get my fat ass behind the wheel of a new 1993 white Chrysler LeBaron convertible. Worth every last scar, Misty Plops. Misty? Two check marks. Pops. I wasn't going to say where the scars were. It was kind of uh, a like visualization. That he, I like that he brought A visualization you didn't want to. I like that he brought LC into it. And I ask you now, uh, who you got? What you got? I'm going with Misty Plops because he had the best email. I'm going with Plops because he had the best email. All right. I was going to go Ross the Boss. I can't even remember what Misty said, but he's the winner. doesn't matter. Misty Plops. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here. I shot over to that Lime pool at Jefferson Barracks the other day because, like any normal person, I like to take the majority of my clothes off, lotion up, and then sit around judging people. I learned a few things this time around. First off, nothing makes a girl with a giant tattoo of Jesus on the side of her stomach look hotter and more spiritual than a yellow bikini and an unplanned pregnancy. So, second, nothing gives off the I live off South Broadway and beat my wife vibe quite like a man swimming in jean shorts. Finally, don't bring a Venus razor and snippy snippies and think you're going to lay in the shallow water, pull your Speedo to the side, and go Eddie Scissorhands on that taint-tickling tubbleweed of yours. I like that alliteration, taint-tickling tubbleweed. I wasn't crazy about it. I wanted to give me shrub a midsummer shape-up, and that twink lifeguard blew his whistle at me like the Dickens. So gosh, yeah, he did. They kicked me right out of there. Jefferson Barracks Pool has suspended me for two days' time, and as you'd suspect, it hasn't felt very good. Well, see you later. The crown prince of Oakville proper, the elusive Misty Plops. Elusive Misty Plops. Plops here. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here. I had a dream last night that I was in MMM with myself, Doug, and Corey Feldman. We're acting out scenes from the legendary 1988 uh, coming-of-age comedy, License to Drive. I was playing the part of Les, obviously because I'm the dreamy one. Corey played the same role he played in the film, and Doug played Mercedes, the hot blonde that dances on the hood of the car in high heel shoes. We parked the LeBaron on that strip of grass uh, alongside the Edward Jones Dome, you know, the one they tried to convince us was a park for 15 years. (laughs) Yeah, we hopped the LeBaron up on the curb. Popped in my Frank Sinatra Strangers in the Night tape, and Doug started dancing uh, tea back on the hood while drinking champagne. Mind you, while this is going on, Corey and I are full-blown getting after it. We look like a couple of dogs cleaning each other. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh-uh. That's a good one. No. Then from the hood, Doug turns around and yells, Stinger splash, and plummets down on top of his flying belly flop. I was awakened by a strange, breezy feeling. I looked down only to find that I was now completely shaved downstairs. Guys, when I went to bed, my banana looked like Phil the Gorilla was curled up around it. All kinds of wild black hair. This morning, smooth as a wet dolphin. Doug, don't you just love it when the Lord works like this? I do. Thanks. The elusive Misty Plops. Yeah, it was. 
Who's that? The, the elusive, elusive Misty Plops. Misty Plops. Oh, Plops. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here. This is a memo yeah, to all staff. Management is a thankless job. Since being named Assistant Program Director of 590 The McKernan, I've had my fair share of ups and downs. There have been complaints of sexual harassment, favoritism, nepotism, sleeping on the job, assault, sexual assault, and now ding-donging, which is when you expose yourself to an unsuspecting Asian person. Hmm. It's been a... It's been a lot to take in. I don't think that's a real thing. It's been a lot to take in, both mentally and also physically, for those I've sexually ambushed, and I've only had this job for 22 hours. I've decided to take a sabbatical, a paid leave of absence. I'm headed out Afton Way. I'll set up camp in a thin patch of woods behind a shopping center, Mike Dodge style. I'll forage for food and bathe in the crisp, healing waters of Gravois Creek. I'll hop in the batting cages at Tower T nude and just let those 55-mile-an-hour pitches pummel me in the tuchus until I'm right again. I'll be back by September 1st. Good as new for the opening day press conference that'll feature one beat writer from the Hazelwood Patch website. (laughs) If you need help immediately, please contact Tim McKernan, Billiken6969 at Hotmail.com. That is from Misty Plops, Assistant Program Director. Misty Plops. Assistant Program Director. Plops here. I'm going to go with uh, a fellow by the name of Plops, Misty Plops, the Assistant Program Director. Yeah. I have to I admit. I get in trouble with management. I only wrote down one in my note section, Tim. I see. It's Misty Plops. I would Misty have gone Misty Plops as well. Plops. Unanimous. I wasn't aware of this game where you expose yourself to a, an Asian American and it's called Ding Dong? Is that true? <laughs> uh, you're asking me? You think that's what I would do? You should know, Doug. I don't know. Aware of it because I said I wasn't aware of it. I think they said "ding a ling dong," but I, I can't be. It's probably certain. It's probably bigger on the Pacific Rim. Mm. <laughs> this guy, mm. this guy, this guy. Wait till Henshin hears about this segment. He's he's well, it'd sneaky. Be hard to do it here. You're sneaky, vulgar. Where would you do you it here? Cloak, you cloak your I vileness. Don't say cloak. Yes, you do. Where would you do it here? I don't know. The Marlins back in town anytime soon? Oh, so I'll see, that was worse than anything I've it ever said. It wasn't. You asked me a question, I gave you an answer. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here, an assistant program director. I've been thinking about new segments and such to really excite the audience, tease their shrubs, and most importantly, increase our market share. Starting September 1st, we'll debut a new weekly segment called The Top 5 Races. Various racists from the fan page will be encouraged to call in and give a list of the races or ethnicities they feel are the best. That week, will the whites dominate, or perhaps will the Asians karate kick us right out of the top three? Time will tell. Hello, ratings. That's phase one of my plan. Phase two, RV. That's right. No successful radio station as Mark has ever really, truly thrived without dumping 50 grand into an RV. We'll call it the Chuck Wagon, and it will be covered in a wrap that so it looks like a giant new Charlie Marlowe rolling down 270. <laughs> We'll occasionally park it in busy public areas, and guys in G-strings and tow rings will pour out of it and just start going at it sexually on the sidewalks in no. front of people while my prerogative from Bobby Brown thumps on the RV sound system. Man, this is radio in 2016. Get used to it. It's from Misty Plops. Misty Plops, assistant program director. Uh, Doug, what you got? Uh, there were several pretty good ones. I'm going to go with a fellow by the name of Anxious in Illinois. You know what? I, I like that. I also like QX for Boy 19, but I always judge the best email, and I got plops again. He was vile. God, there, I thought there were a number of great ones. QX for Boy 19, what a delight. I thought Maddie Bowles at Hanks was strong. I think vile. It was, uh, surprising to hear that he would have to 
get that ring out of his stepfather. Uh, but Misty Plops is the best. So Misty Plops just ships it. Misty Dang. Plops is a Damn it, Lucas. At uh, Golfsmith. Uh, Plowhawk, do you agree with that selection or not? I don't know. Of course he does, Tim. He's a thorough Oh, listener. Tim, are you kidding me? That's who I had written down. Mm-hmm. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here. It's nice to see some of the listeners out there tailgating and barbecuing for the Big 590 debut show. I don't recall this happening. The first four times your show was debuting on 590. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Reasonable point. Anyway, glad to see it's been well received. As assistant PD, I wish someone would have run this past me first, but whatever. If I have to write someone up, I'll write someone up, regardless of whether or not they even work for the station. Discipline isn't only for sex dungeons, men. It's for the workplace as well. The way I do things is when one of you twinks acts out, I'll fill out one of my discipline forms, and you have to take it home, get it mushroom stamped by your father, and return it to me the next day. You do it again. I speed bag your fupa in front of the entire staff. Strike three, I cover your thighs and hickeys, and then while we're both nude, I deliver a series of belly-to-belly suplexes to you until you lose consciousness. Joy FM is teabagging us right now in the ratings, damn it, and I won't stand for my <laughs> historical signal like 590 AM. Glad to be here, though. Misty Plop's assistant program director. And that's what we have in the email of the day. What you got? Oh, I, I enjoyed the Crestwood Coyote and also uh, a fellow by the name of Ducey McBulge, the Salty Irishman. I'm going to vote for him. Charlie. Wow. I thought Ducey McBulge was good. I thought Matt, who bowls at Hanks, was good, but I like a nice quotable line. And when you say speed bag your fupa, that's something that I can uh, get behind. So the elusive Misty Plops. I have to say that Cucky from the foot of the new bed was the best email. He got suspended, and I now have to go to the Plowhawk to get... Cucky can't win. He got suspended for the email. It's pretty crazy, but this time I'm going to have to... Not agree with Tim. Oh I'm going mi- am oh. I going oh Misty Pops with wow. Chuck? Oh my. On the first day setting the tone. Congratulations. Who won? Well done, Plowsy. Misty Plops. Misty Plops. Plops. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here. Best of luck tonight at Hot Shots. I'd come, but I've got a dinner meeting with Pat Priest at Miss Sherry's Cafeteria. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but wouldn't you know it, they're also having a foot fetish contest this evening as well. Miss Sherry's is doing this now? <laughs> Pat and I are the celebrity judges this week. One by one, these old gals cruise up to our table on their rascals, fling off a Velcro shoe, and throw their foot up onto my plate. Pat and I then caress the foot, discuss it, and then if we approve, we double team with that old stomper. Oh, no. Why stomper? We both just start <laughs> baking out with the foot while we high-five. It's like an Eiffel Towering, and the old people just start going wild. When the winner is finally crowned, <laughs> Pat and I will shoot over to Tippins. Oh, for the pies. Sure. <laughs> and go ham on a lemon meringue pie. And you guys thought you had a big night ahead of you. Hot shots, more like <laughs> not shots. Doug, that's Misty Plops. Oh. Misty Plops, <laughs> assistant program director. Plops here. thought Misty with the Eiffel Tower version of a FFF was fantastic. <laughs> Doug, I'll, give, you? I'll give second place to Corey G and first place to Misty Plops, assistant program director. It's funny you say that because I am, I'm going the opposite of what you just said, and I'm saying Corey G won. Misty Plops 2. Doug, I am in line with you. Misty Plops ships it, and then Corey G gets second place, the text of the day prize. There it is, your email of the day with two prizes. Unbelievable that that just happened. Plops here. Plops here. Uh, Guys, Plops here. I'm contacting Doug on behalf of one of the most prestigious golf courses in St. Louis County proper, the Log Cabin Club. 
Me and some of the other members down here would like to offer Doug a position that would potentially allow him to leave Lady Journo behind. Nice. We'd like Doug to become our minister boy of hospitality. Very basic stuff. Just like that casino used to have Jackie Smith do. Doug would do a little glad handing in the clubhouse, have a cocktail with some of our VIPs, Mm -hmm. flush toilets for certain men who enjoy that kind of pampering. (laughs) There are men who won't. I don't think they do. No, I don't think there's a guy in the world that would enjoy that sort of pampering. And then spend some time out on the course. We'd like it if he would slowly and quietly sneak up behind men as they're lining up their butts and gently start giving them shoulder and bicep massages. Then maybe he softly starts to sing hot cross buns into the gentleman's ear. Yeah, it doesn't sound that bad so far. And compliments him on his aftershave. Then maybe he pretends to be a golf instructor and wraps his hand around the golfer's hands and they putt together. Like when Daniel LaRusso had Ellie out on a date at golf and stuff back in 84. Mm-hmm. Pretty good email. I don't know. Just kind of spitballing. If he's interested, he can call me or just roll over onto my half of the bed tonight and let me know. Thanks. It's from Misty Plops. Yeah, I didn't care much for the way it ended. Mm. Misty Plops, Assistant Program Director. And that's what we have for the email today. Show me what you got, little mama. Show me what you got, little lady. Misty Plops, not even close. Uh, Well, it got kind of vile. Not even close. Well, it got vile. Ray King had been suspended, so he's ineligible. Uh, I'm going to go for a fellow by the name of Trump's teeny tiny tweeting thumbs. Congratulations to Misty Plops. Damn, you are going damn to it, Lucas. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here. With the holidays just a stone's throw away, it's time to start thinking. Do you like that stone's throw away? I, I don't no. mind it. It's time to start thinking about Christmas shopping. Look no further than the 2017 Vianney Dad's wall calendar. It's a 365-day <laughs> celebration of shirtless middle-class dads no, in cargo isn't. shorts. It is white New Balance shoes. <laughs> That is sure to look amazeballs over the water cooler at your office. Hello, January. Meet Phil, our first model of 2017. No. He works for a printing company, drives a Kia Sportage, and can touch his tongue to his eyebrow. As shown in his pictorial. What's that? Spring has sprung? Meet Gary, the CPA, who has not one, but two secrets. Not only is he a closet Cubs fan, but Gary has his nipples pierced. No, he doesn't. Shh, don't tell Gary's son. <laughs> Ooh la la, it's hot in here, fellas. Of course it is. It's now August, and Jared's stepdad, Miguel, <laughs> is taking a moment to cool off in the sprinkler. <laughs> His neighbor's front yard Notice that naughty tram stamp. It's a tribal symbol that he thinks means strength, but actually means pansex- pansexual sausage daddy. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Hola, Miguel. Guys, calendars are fourteen ninety nine for one. Forty two ninety nine for two. Doug, the math on that doesn't. No, yeah, just get one. Just buy them one at a time. <laughs> get at me if you're gonna get one before Christmas. Thanks, Misty Plops. Misty Plops. I'm not kidding. I'm Assistant crying. Program director. <laughs> oh God. That's he it. can There's write. No need to go any further. I agree. There's no need to go any further. There's no need to have a vote. It's Misty. It's like uh, Gene Hackman. They don't even need to have a vote in Hoosiers. They know now that Jimmy Chitwood's back, Gene oh. Hackman gets to stay. Misty Plops with a Hall of Fame email for a Hall of Famer email. Unbelievable. 
And now he's rewarded by getting to see Missouri and Kentucky play at 11 o'clock. Does he have to go? <laughs> he could sell the tickets. <laughs> so that, that tramp stamp that Miguel has means pansexual sausage daddy? I, I didn't read that into it. Fourteen ninety nine for one calendar, forty two ninety nine for two. Don't buy two of them then. Plops here, plops here, guys. Plops here with Christmas just eleven days away. It's time for my annual list of top five Asians. <laughs> is that a top five what Asians? Asians. Is that, is that a is that a Christmas tradition? It's not a traditional thing. I don't think so. No. Number five, Mr. Miyagi, a dumpster diving underachiever who knows the ins and outs of tricking troubled young men into performing manual labor around the house. Number four, Pat Morita. <laughs> Same guy, isn't it? <laughs> a great actor who was nominated for an Oscar in the Best Actor category in 1985. <laughs> Number three, Uncle Sato. This hard-nosed son of a bitch will tell you where and when you'll have your stupid bone dance. Keep an eye on his deviant nephew while you're at it, because that abusive toink comes in at number two on our list. Number two, Shozun Taguchi. He ranks high because he was and is responsible for transforming the sleeveless yellow karate uniform from that of a fashion faux pas to that of fall fashion necessity. Doug, what am I even reading? I have it's no idea words. why you're reading this. And the number one Asian for 2016. Hit the gong, Doug. It is Mike Lee. This TMA fan favorite had a rough year physically, but the community rallied around him to not only lift his spirits, but lift him right up onto a shiny new mountain bike. He knows what he likes, and he likes what he knows, as long as it's in the shape of a boob. <laughs> Mazel, Mike Lee, and Merry Christmas to all of you. Doug, that's from Misty Plops. Misty Plops, Assistant Program Director. And, and speaking of Asians, Asa Kara might be joining us in the next few days. Doug? All right. Uh, all right. We're running late on time. Uh, do you have anything that stood out? It seemed like there were a few. Uh, I'm going to go Stephen Wildwood, just because I wrote that down. I think no. it's over here somewhere. I'll give it to Misty Plops. It was a nice little list. Yeah. Dipped I was kind of wondering different. who the top five Asians were. And, yeah. and Christmas always makes me think of that. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. I bet Henshin's going to be pissed. But Misty Plops has just won the email of the day. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here. Tim, I was at the restaurante last night. Oh, the one eating spaghetti, Lady in the Tramp style, with that heavyset ethnic gentleman in the Tasmanian Devil T-shirt. Awesome heavy start. Heavyset ethnic gentleman. <laughs> with a Tasmanian Devil T-shirt. Not bad. I'll probably be back. Hey, while you're just sitting around, I forgot to grab my receipt. <laughs> Could you reprint one for me and go ahead and shoot it on over to me? Thanks. <laughs> also, I enjoyed the personal touch during dessert. There was a nip in the air, so I wanted something warm to snuggle. My wintry boy soul. I I went with the hot cross buns. After a short wait, the double doors to the kitchen flew open. All this fog started pouring out, and then boom! Like Goldberg's entrance at Survivor Series, out comes Doug with my sizzling hot sweet breads on a silver platter. Kind of salsa dancing his way to my booth. How he long looked, is the email? He looked like a topless bread ass tire. A stare. A stare. Fred, Fred Astaire. Astaire. <laughs> Fred, oh, my. Fred, Fred Astaire. I, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to know who that is. Uh, he looked like a... T- Doug, is he a recognizable? <laughs> movie star. A little before your time, but his name is not I, Fred I would, Astaire. I would, I would say a time. Crossed with a gay dad from the 1992 No Shirt, Short Navy Blue Umbros, High Socks, and the Samba Classics. That is from Misty Plops. Well, My win goes for that. Misty 
Plops. I'm going to go uh, Misty Plops because without that email, we wouldn't have gotten Fred Astire. <laughs> I don't think you can it's argue with say, my vote. It's hard to say no to an email that included Fred Astire. <laughs> Famous movie star, song and dance man. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. That's it's got to win. Congratulations to Misty Plops. You have provided us with Fred Astire, and therefore you are a hero to all Americans. And you have won the email of the day, a ten dollars gift certificate for Maggie O'Brien's. I look forward to the Swope's picks on how Fred Astire <laughs> emerged. <laughs> plops here, plops here, guys. Plops here. Remember Glenn, that old bear from the school picnic carnival circuit that I dated throughout 2015. Sure. Well, funny story. We met up for Valentine's Day. We took our clothes off in my garage and went to work on a crave case. <laughs> Damn, you're polished off two of them. 57 burgers between the two of us. Then it was showtime. Face down, ass up, gentleman bonding time. No. Mills Lane came out in his little bow tie, looked at Glenn and pointed, then looked at me, then yelled out. What does he say, Doug? let's get it on! Yeah, I'll be damned if we didn't just go at it like a couple of wild apes for a good three hours. Okay. Poor old Mills just stood up in the corner and watched in confusion. He looks good for 79, though. I can say that with confidence because I've seen him naked on multiple occasions. Twice at the MAC when we sat next to each other in the nude getting haircuts. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and once in 19... 1998 when he was in Playgirl. <laughs> well, thanks, Misty Plops. Misty Plops, mm. assistant program director. Naked haircuts, does that happen? I know there are a lot of naked steams. Naked haircuts almost uh, got me by Misty Plops, but I'm going Steve and Wildwood. Steve and Wildwood. I went with Wildwood yesterday, but today I'm going to go with a fellow by the name of Plops, Misty Plops. God bless America. We're all on the same page. In my hand, you will see pincers, but also... Stephen Wildwood email and Misty Plops. I'm going Misty Plops. Misty Plops, you have won email of the day, and I believe you have taken the lead in the month of February with your win for the Hot Shots email of the day. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here. Obviously, for winner of the month, so listen very closely. Okay, don't tell us what the First off, great show this morning. Second, who the hell are you people? What have you done with the Irish twink and the fuzzy meatball sandwich-loving Jew? I mean, I know Doug inside and out, but where did they round up the rest of you ham and eggers? Mm. I feel like the broadcast center sharded, and this morning's show lineup is what fell out of it in jean shorts. No. Good. Just kidding, you guys were great. But I was looking forward to another morning of Jennings driving his family's legacy into the ground. Hell, yesterday, he admitted that he's in such a slump with the ladies, he's at peace with the fact that he might just have to become a homosexual. Because if you can't pull any P, you embarrass the D. That's how Doug and I live our lives. And look at us now. Furtier than Sherry's Berries, sitting around in brown loafers with no socks, trying to pull off morning radio with a room full of people we've never seen in our lives. Welcome to Lent, bitches. That is from Misty Plops. (laughs) Misty Plops, Assistant Program Director. I like that one. Uh, I thought uh, Bill Pullman's Independent Day speech came on pretty strong there. I got him as my uh, winner for the day. Wow. I thought he was okay. I'm going to go a different direction, however. I'm going to say fellow by the name of Plops, Misty Plops. Oh, my. Pressure's on you, man. I like Mr. Nipples. Oh, now we're really getting. Well, then it goes to uh, either Iggy or Plowsy. I guess Plowsy. And this Plowsy, this could decide the email of the month. Here we go, Plowsy. And I chose this one as I was reading them, so I'm not going to be biased. It is Misty Plops for the month and the day winner. Wow, Misty Plops. 
Six. What a what a February. Six wins for the month for Misty Misty Plops. I don't know that anybody had a better month. No. I mean that's a way to celebrate Black History Month. Right. Misty's Plops was a brother in our hood. Plops here. Plops here. Plops here. I feel like a new bar has been set in radio guest booking this week, as you people have searched for and then booked a person who waited for a fourth outfielder outside of a bathroom at a restaurant a year ago. This is right up there with the 15-minute phone call from Fungo while you guys were live at spring training two weeks ago. An assistant program director of 590 The Man, I've took it upon myself to keep this momentum going and booked a few additional guests for the week. Wednesday at 8 a.m. we'll be joined by Rick. (laughs) Rick worked at AutoZone on Telegraph. From 1993 to 1994, so he should have some stories. Thursday at 9.15, we'll be joined by Barry Rice, the third cousin of our future mayor, Larry Rice. Barry will tell us about his car, (laughs) a 2001 Saturn, and then he'll lead us in a group of prayer for financial security. Finally, Friday morning, we will be joined at 8.45 by Ed Nips. In 2001, I'd sat on an airplane next to Doug Vaughn and shared a Tupperware container full of checks mixed with him. So we'll relive that. (laughs) Big week, boys. (laughs) Better rest up. That's from Misty Plops. Misty Plops. He's good. Assistant Program Director. We've been trying to get Rick from that AutoZone and Telegraph for a while. Yeah, I need to get those uh, CDs out of the jammed up player. (laughs) Two different cars have that issue. It's redundant, but I got to go Misty. I got to. Mm, well, yeah. I'll go with a fellow by the name of Pullman, Bill Pullman's Independence Day speech. Misty Plops. Yeah, Lucas. Misty Plops has won once again, and it's special to watch what's going on right now. It's it, it's a little bit like Dustin Johnson, you he, know, he's... got it right last June, and ever since has never been wrong. <laughs> He's bogarting all the Hot Shots gift cards. Well, he's got the best email, and you got to vote for the best unless, you know, you're being hacked by the Russians or something. Right. I'm not being hacked. I just like to spread around the love a little bit. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here. Sooner or later, we knew that a new character would emerge from the sludge that is the TMA audience. A simple-minded coxman our community of twinks could get behind. A tale-telling weirdo capable of filling the gap left behind by that Adderall-sniffing autograph hound when he disappeared from our lives to commence his latest bender. Biff be thy name, and I'm excited to see where this train wreck comes to rest. On another note, I have a co-worker who is still today bitching about losing an hour of sleep with the clocks changing Saturday night. He's moping around like he's exhausted and keeps talking about changing the clocks and how it's not fair. And then he giggles like the Dickens. The joke has gotten zero reaction for two days now, but he's so invested in it, he just keeps throwing it out there whenever someone else enters the room. My question is, can I legally put my foot up his ass? I swear to God, I'm just waiting for him to throw in a, hey, it's pie day, let's go eat some pie, so I can put him in a Boston crab right on top of his desk and show him plops don't play. Swear to God, Doug, enemy deserves no mercy. Thanks, glad to be here, though. Misty Plops. (laughs) Misty Plops, Assistant Program Director. Plops had to get that off his chest. Plops here. Plops here. Guys, Plops here. Doug, thanks for sharing your experience, strength, and hope with us through the story of your Coke addiction, your diet Coke addiction, you old white Crestwood man. So the new header picture is amazing. I haven't seen a pink turtleneck like that since the last time I pulled my thang out me pants. (laughs) Uh, Guess he's uncut. 
Oh. The Just, cat with his uh, yellow boots and baggy jeans looks like he's headed off to do some vocals on Missy Elliott's new album, Darren. I like when somebody calls the plowhawk Darren. Darren looks like he should be in the basket on the front of Elliott's bicycle. <laughs> I don't get the E.T. reference, but I like it. Flying through the air in 1982. And finally, Doug looks exactly like a man who would be on an AM radio show saying, I wish I still had my American League baseball cards. Thanks. Great show. Yep. Misty Plops. Misty Plops, Assistant Program Director. I wrote down a, a few. I thought they were all kind of equal. I'm going to go Fuelsy. Fuelsy. I had Fuelsy checked, but I guess I'm going to have to go with a fellow by the name of Misty Plops. Wow, I'm going mad who bowls at Hank, so I go to the Speaker of the House. I'll go Misty Plops. Wow, oh, Plops broken away here. How about that? What happened to my control of Congress? Misty Plops wins again. Sixth email win for the month of March. Plops here. Plops here. What we have right now is Misty Plops on a run that we've never seen before, okay? We've seen uh, a couple of duels in the past, but not somebody run away with it. I had somebody... Uh, stopped me on the street yesterday and say that reminds them of uh, John Wooden and UCLA's teams. You were just walking down the street. Right. And someone said, hey. He was in the garment district. Okay. Meatpacking. Guys, Plops here. Had a dream that Doug and I were walking through a field of tall grass at dusk. Back in the High Life by Steve Winwood was playing. and We each had a hand slid into the other's back pocket. We threw down a blanket and began spooning. I said, tell me I something that would put me in the mood, Boo Cat. He said, in Laurel, Massachusetts, which is Radio Market 217, Bobby Franklin was just hired on as a weekend board <laughs> operator. His first shift is Sunday at 4 p.m. I said, that's not quite what I had in mind. Tell me something else. He says, in Waco, Texas, which is Radio Market 194, Fan Talk 1160 just inked the deal with Sean Brown that will have him screening calls on the Boomer and Lunchbox Morning Zoo. This seems like hot up to the minute breaking stuff, I said. Who's your source, I says to him. He shows me his phone and says, boo, it's all right here on the breaking news page on BarrettSportsMedia.com. Then he counted down five, four, three, two, one, in a creepy woman's voice. And then we started making out. And when we go to zero, ah, yes, zero. Doug, that's from Misty Plops. Misty Plops. Assistant Program Director. Show me what you got, little I wrote model. down three. Show me what you got, little Mr. Lady. Nipples, Bill Pullman, and Misty Plops. I got to go with the best one, and that is Misty Plops. I'm not going with him. I'm going with a fellow by the name of Stephen Wildwood. Congratulations to Misty Plops. Yeah, it's like Johnny Wood in the NCAA tournament in the 1960s until Danny Dange got him in the 1970s. Danny Dange. You're listening to Swope's Picks on 590 The Fan. 1057 HD2 FM and InsideSTL.com. Well, we're pleased now to be joined by the elusive Misty Plops. Plops, what's up? Swoopsie! What's up, Shuttersmith? So, as the, uh, you know, as it goes on, as the show goes on, you, ha- you develop a couple different rivalries with uh, a few different emailers. I mean, I know Justin in Columbia always has been. A heavyweight because he's not always active, but when he does, when he does step up mm-hmm. and and he can go on some serious runs, a lot of it at the expense mm-hmm. of Prod Joe. So when since Prod Joe has left, he hasn't necessarily emailed in as much. But then you had this rivalry with Cucky the Dwarf, 
and uh, I had I've had I've hung out with Cucky a few times, and he alluded that he had some connection with Plops uh, in his past. Can you uh, can you mm-hmm. elaborate or confirm or deny that? Absolutely. So I, I had been following Cucky the Dwarf. Had been a fan of his work, as uh, as many people are. He's, he's an incredibly talented soul. And I saw that he posted a Periscope video, and I was like, "Ooh, I wonder if I'll I'll see who this is." And I watched the Periscope video, and about 30 seconds in, I guess he had turned the camera on himself, and my jaw about dropped. I was like, "No way, that's my good friend's cousin, um, who I've I've known. We we had actually been acquaintances since we were probably about 10 years old." Uh, one of my my best friend from uh, from elementary school was actually the best man in my wedding. This is his first cousin, so you know he's one of those people. Occasionally, I'd be at my friend's house playing, and his cousin would come over. You know, so we just kind of casually knew each other. We were both in my friend's wedding, you know, about ten years ago, and uh, so I I sent a message to him on Facebook, and we we were Facebook friends at the time, and and he didn't know I was Pops, I didn't know he was Cucky, and I sent him a message. I just said something like, "Hey, are you Cucky the Dwarf?" And uh, you know, he got back to me confirming, and I think I think the way I replied was I sent a picture of um, like my uh, kitchen table full of various email of the day winnings, and he was just like, "Shut your mouth." So, in the same vein of how is this really uh, a connection? You don't have to get into the exact connection, but you have a connection in, in on some level with Janie the lesbian. Sure. So this one's this one's really interesting. I. You like you know, like all the listeners, you know, heard the Janie the lesbian uh, character kind of develop on the airwaves, and she would call in, and she had the stories about her straight crush and this girl that she was, you know, a friend with, but really had a thing for. But the girl was straight, you know, and and they were hanging out more and more, and and her hope was to to turn her to eventually, you know, date this girl. And you know, I mean, I, I'd hear it, and it was, you know, fairly entertaining, whatever. Um, you know, never never thought much else about it. And I remember I was walking my dog and my sister-in-law calls me and she says, um, Hey, I got something to tell you. You're not going to believe this. I said, what? She goes, that radio show that you write into, she, she vaguely knew that I did this. I said, yeah. She goes, um, do you know who Janie the lesbian is? I said, yeah, sure. I, yeah, I hear her on there. She goes, do you hear her talk about the straight cross? She said, yeah. She says, well, I just found out that's me. And boom, worlds collided. And uh, and, and then I had to, of course, go back and, and listen to all this stuff. As I found out she had been doing, what happened was apparently uh, uh, JTL kind of confessed to her that, hey, look, I've been, you know, for months, I, I, I call this radio show and, uh, you know, I, and I, I've talked about you or whatever. So she had gone back and listened to a bunch of it. Um, as did I. And then when I went back and listened to it, now knowing who this person was, being somebody very close to me, uh, I mean, I was just flat out blown away. And um, But yeah, JTL, good people. Uh, straight crush, good people. Yeah, that, that, one, that one was the most, like, wow, I can't, like, that's a small world. Uh, I mean, the, the cucky thing is also equally bizarre just because you're, it's like, oh, it, but on some level, it makes sense, you know. It, on some level, it makes sense that, oh, of course guys that are roughly, you know, from the same part of town and hung out, uh, you know, on the fringes together both ended up, uh, without really knowing it, becoming, you know, guys who would ship EOTD, uh, 
days at a time. You know, that, that on some level makes sense. The thing, the, the coincidence uh, with JTL is a little bit more, that's a little bit more just completely random. At, at a certain point, I just stopped, you know, just stopped kind of questioning it. It just, it's all part of just kind of the St. Louis, uh, the St. Louis culture and we're, we're the medium, mm-hmm. the most medium sized city where it's, you know, got all these, some characteristics of a big city and some characteristics of just a small town. And it's all kind of thrown in into one big, uh, one big mess. Oh, it's an absolute mess. It is. It is a mess for sure. So one of the, I noticed running themes of your emails, especially around the time you started winning was, uh, uncle Sato. Of course, from Karate Kid 2, uh, everyone's, everyone, uh, everyone's seen Karate Kid 2. It's one of those movies, if you're, I don't know what exactly the age breakdown is, but if you're in your mid-30s, as, uh, as we both are, uh, it's one of those movies that everybody saw in the mid-80s. Because the first one, you know, everybody saw the first one, and the second one came out relatively shortly thereafter, uh, maybe two years mm-hmm. after, but it was one of those things where maybe it, I, I don't think I saw the first Karate Kid until I was, you know, not quite old enough to see the first Karate Kid in the theater. So I think I saw the first Karate Kid after the second Karate Kid or right around the time the second Karate Kid came out in theaters. So I don't know. It's one of those movies, this being Karate Kid 2, that it's not really a great movie, but it's a movie, if you rewatch it enough times, you really appreciate a lot of... There's, there's some stuff going on there that you not, not necessarily are going to pick up on unless you pay attention. And uh, tell, me, tell me a little bit about what drew you to invoke Uncle Sato into, uh, into your emails. Well, I guess the conversation had come up on the show, like it has, I know, multiple times, that Doug Vaughn has not seen Karate Kid, and therefore I assume has not seen... Karate Kid two or three, yeah. which is just absolutely in, in, insane that uh that there's there's a human male in America that that has not seen that movie and has has managed to avoid it after all these years. Well, like he takes pride in the fact that he hasn't seen it. It's just it's disgusting because it's one of the greatest movies of all time, and I will I will agree with you. Number two is not nearly um, as good, but one thing that I find absolutely uh, beautiful about uh, part two is the soundtrack, especially uh, Glory of Love by Peter Cetera. That song was so incredible and so fitting to that film. It, it, it's like the Celine Dion song in Titanic. But as far as uh, uh, Uncle Sato, just kind of, the, uh, you know, I mean, he's meant to be this, this evil tyrant, um, but it's just, it, it, it's funny and it's not supposed to be. Um, you know, how does he how does he show his toughness? He puts on his karate gi and goes out onto a beach and starts karate chopping um, an, an old piece of driftwood. Just ah! he's never going to break it like he's just beating his head against a wall. Then, you know, the big the big storm comes and, you know, they have to the rescue the young girl from the, uh, the the light pole. Not at all contrived. Not at all contrived. No, no. And then and then the hilarious when when cousin shows him the bully, you know, the bad guy in the movie. Um, feels shamed, and he does the, this girly, hilarious, flailing run out of the shack through the storm, and that's when the tides turn, and then Uncle Sato returns and says, I'm here to rebuild Miyagi, yes, uh, you could, we will have the bone dance in the castle, now and forever! Right. Chosen, the nephew, has a nice set of man boobs, not quite on the level of your Twitter avatar. I have a little bit more I need to get into just on, you know, my Karate Kid 2 uh, discussion. 
so it, what strikes me is the fir- the opening. First of all, the opening five minutes is pure re- recap from one. You know, it's it's a five. It's it's Karate Kid one in five minutes, followed by five minutes of like post like stuff that was I think in the first Karate Kid script, but ultimately got cut because they just ended on the on the high mm-hmm. of the wind. So it's like the after the tournament stuff and the parking lot stuff, and it's almost like mm-hmm. this bait and switch where they, you almost think it's going to be Karate Kid 2 with the Cobra Kai's and it's going to be, you know, more of this. And then all of a sudden they're talking about moving or they're talking about moving in together. And now, oh, now we're going to go to Okinawa. And the movie just keeps going. And I'm not sure why I'm still watching it, but, you know, it's that opening 10 minutes hook you. And then you just keep watching, even though it, it's, it's not coming back. It's like you did two rails of Coke. And now they're just putting lines, but it's not cocaine, and you just keep doing them, expecting it to be cocaine. Yeah, so there's there's some cool trivia. Um, I, I consider myself a bit of a uh, movie trivia dork and, uh, and and trivia buff. That what you're talking about the the parking lot scene where uh, Sensei Priest punches out the windows. Yeah, that was the original. That scene was the original ending of part one. And after they started showing it to test audiences, decided that we need we need to. to end it earlier, you know, with the uh, the hoisting of the trophy and all that. And the final scene where you see Mr. Miyagi just kind of looking on as Daniel's being hoisted up with the trophy, and he's just kind of smiling and nodding, and it, it freezes and goes to credits. That was filmed weeks after the tournament scene. They, they, they realized right. the parking lot scene was not a good ending, and they went back and they put him in a room and and just tried to match up the lighting and just had some extras walking back and forth in front of them and behind them, and, uh, and and yeah, that was added that was added weeks later. The the other thing, and this is again maybe not something that even needs to get brought up, but Karate Kid Two, there's a scene where Miyagi is in the shower. It's just it's the it's the beginning of the movie after the recap of the first one. It's he's in the shower just within. I mean, he's he's full, Miyagi's standing there, fully clothed, in a conversation with naked Daniel-san, who I believe is a minor, according to the. I mean, I think uh, in real life he was older, but uh, you know, this is supposed to be a minor who's in the shower. Why are you talking to him while he's showering while you're fully clothed, standing outside? Oh, here, let me give you a towel. That's creepy. He he had given him a car, you know. He had invited him over and trained him, and I mean, it's the. You can make jokes about it, but, you know, he was inviting him to move in with them. They traveled together. I mean, there was something going on there, and it just seems, it, it seems like that sort of thing would never fly in 20, even, even 10 years ago, that, that would not have, that would not have le- been left in the movie like that. I just wonder, where was that, where was that coming from? Was that the director? Was that the writer? Was that something that was, was that Pat Morita? Um, I don't know. There's something was going on there. He could be described as a local busybody who beats children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he beat up the Cobra Kai's on on Halloween, and <laughs> drives constantly without a license. Like he gets pulled over, he's got no license. He's, I mean, I <laughs> think he was American. Was he American? He wasn't American born, but he was uh, an American citizen because he fought in World War II. I don't know what, what his citizenship was, but it, he doesn't have a driver's license. I'm not sure he's got his papers handy. Uh, you know, he that could have gone, ended very badly for him. Oh, I love where this interview's going. Um, yeah, it's it, 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 it's a strange story that there's some there's some really fun videos online um, that that explore this, and uh, and there's a guy that positioned it that 
we're all looking at this backwards. Daniel and Miyagi were were the ones in the wrong, and Daniel was the bully. I've seen that. I've seen at least one of those. I don't know if we'll ever see you uh, at any events. Oh, I would love to do a Karate Kid night at the movies. Maybe we do a double feature. We get a local bar where we can do it. Uh, I know I know one place where they, they show movies there, and it's not necessarily like the high-rent district, and they would just do it. So that that's that's definitely in play. Getting Doug to go is going to be the challenge. I will let you go. Thanks for coming on. Well, I, I want you to know I thoroughly enjoy the show. The uh, the JTL ones were were mind blowing, and the the Rams one was awesome. You're listening to Swope's Picks on Five Ninety The Fan, One Hundred Five Seven HD Two FM, and InsideSTL.com. Swope here, reminding you that all episodes of Swope's Picks are available for download at InsideSTL.com. You can also find Swope's Picks on iTunes in the comedy section under S for Swope. Swope here to tell you about the power of the giraffe. The power of the giraffe provides care packages to cancer patients at local area hospitals. Founded by longtime TMA listener Dale Elkhorn, whose wife Carol battled cancer for many years before passing away in 2015, The Power of the Giraffe is about us sticking our necks out to make a difference for others. You know, one of the side effects of cancer is the isolation. At times, it's like your family is alone against the world. Having been through all that, Dale and his family are using the power of the giraffe to break through that isolation and provide a lift for local families who are fighting cancer today. When you're going through something like that, every little bit helps. The care packages are delivered unsolicited. Nobody knows they're coming, it's always a surprise, and each package includes a stuffed giraffe, a tribute to Carol, as well as a reminder that you're not alone in this battle. Care packages go to patients at facilities throughout the region, including Siteman, Alton Memorial, St. Anthony's, Anderson Hospital, St. Louis University Hospital, St. Louis Children's Hospital, and Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. The Power of the Giraffe is a purely volunteer operation by Dale and the Giraffe Army. For every $100 raised, that's eight care packages delivered. They've gone from providing 250 care packages in 2015 to around 350 last year, and they've already delivered 550 in less than three months of 2017. The goal is to grow it to a point where every cancer patient in the region receives a care package. The third annual Power of the Giraffe 5K is coming up on Saturday, April 22nd at Alton Riverfront Park. Sign up and learn more at thepowerofthegiraffe.org. Once again, I'd like to thank Misty Plops for joining us. Special thanks to Dale Alcorn and the Power of the Giraffe. Support the sponsors that support Swope. Oh, get on with it, motherfucker. Get on with it, motherfucker. Oh, get on with it, motherfucker. Thank you for listening to Swope's Picks. Enjoy the matchup. sure there were dudes and you were sure there were dudes and you were sure there were dudes check this out i was at lunch at a fast casual restaurant some of you bros started heavy petting and, and said no. no not in front of the kid no i i don't know depending on the kids if they're very you know open-minded most of the time honestly it wasn't really sex it was um like <laughs> me being put in headlocks they're like well she married the dude and he was like 11 they still have chat rooms is that still a thing <laughs> just go up and start grinding on anyone on the dance floor <laughs> How is that creepy? And you were sure there were dudes? You never know. And maybe do a little kissing at an ambush game? Um, we just go out and, and have fun. and so good Kind of whoever wants to join can kind of join. Have you ever sat on a bull? Have you ever done How that? can I prevent my anus from bleeding? Mm. 
I sat on a bowl once at a radio for a TV story. And the, the back of the bowl, you see how wide this table is? That's about how wide the back of the bowl's back was. Mm. So it was like doing the splits just to sit on and it. And did he have handlers just around? that Because that really is creepy. <laughs> like if you went in there and you were just like, hey, I'd like pictures. And you were sure there were dudes? I got done making a Sammy with throwing away my, uh, my Kleenexes. And mm. I don't know if it was mine. I think it was. Nick, I hope it wasn't yours. There was a rogue shrub ah. <laughs> on the Kleenex. So what are you wearing? One Easy of them closing. doing push-ups on the other man's uh, junk. Should I have banged him? Is that right? I think you bang it, yeah. They're in a 69 position. So when it's done suckling the milk. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh. mm, kind of like prison. Full on. Full on. Full on. I don't think the bulls know there's an area there that's quite so tender. Why don't, you, why don't you give it a try, Doug? Yeah, there you go. Wants to come. Wants to come. Wants to come. All over my chest. 